Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fing. We're back, man. Episode 140, correct? Yep. Fuck, man. I almost for like I almost low-key forgot what I was supposed to say after you said that. I know it's a little bit out of sync, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's, been, a sun, it's a Sunday. We should be yeah, straight. Keith's been out here, you know, grinding out of town for the last couple of days. Yeah. Took him out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it, man. Um, <clears throat> just the other day, Friday. I was coming back down from L.A. and uh, I had to stop at the rest area real quick to relieve myself. I had to take a leak. Uh, it's a little bit TMI, but yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I had to pee. Uh, well, PMI. Yeah, PMI. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, P. Kelly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I had to fucking I had to stop there real quick and I hopped out of my out of my truck. Yeah. And uh, went into the rest area. But when I stopped the truck, for one, there's a, 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 a truck parking, big rig parking. Mm-hmm. And I was pulling a 53 foot trailer uh, that day. And there's also the curb that is legal to park on for trucks, you know, if it's usually packed up. But it wasn't packed up that day, but I had to pee real fucking bad. So I mm-hmm. just pulled right there on that curb. And there's a lot of space. Mm-hmm. I pulled there and there was this older guy that walked up. He had his dog. And I said, how you doing, sir? And he just looked at me and shook his head. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? And I didn't really give a fuck because I had to pee. So I kept going. So after I took a leak and I came out of the bathroom, I go back and I see this motherfucker out there. He's an older guy. And I respect my elders. So excuse me for calling him a motherfucker. But anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> I respect my elders. But he's a little bit older. Um, and I just and I normally I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. But I seen him. I said, excuse me, sir. You, you do realize that looking at someone and shaking your head is pretty rude, right? Yeah. And then he tells me, well, you shouldn't be parking there. If you're parking there, you shouldn't be parking there. I said, well, I mean, for future reference, I think it would be good for you to, you know, actually uh, tell someone if you have some type of uh, uh, disagreement with them instead of looking at them and shaking your head. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you shouldn't be parking there. I said, it's actually illegal what I just did. But you I, I said, it's actually illegal. No, it's legal what I did. But you need to worry about picking up your dog shit because he just shit there and you just let him do that. You're supposed to pick up after your dog. Have a nice day. Yeah. So the moral of this story is, is you're more worried about what the fuck other people are doing instead of your own shit. Literally. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker's worried about what I'm doing. Excuse me for calling the motherfucker once again. <laughs> He's an older guy. I kept it respectful. I didn't call him out of his name or anything. But I think it's important sometimes because you looking at someone and shaking your head. Everybody's not going to be so forgiving about that. Yeah. This is a very strange time in America. And I think that there are some people that will not put up with that. People Mm -hmm. are on edge. But I did realize he was an elderly man. And, and, you know, he probably was only like 60, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was inexcusable. And I I just basically I hope he learned a lesson. Right. Mm -hmm. And the lesson is, is if you if you're doing some shit that really ain't right, you shouldn't be fucking with other people. Yeah. I think there's a lot a lot of people out here that 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 move like that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to politics. Like right. there's a lot of conservative people that'll have some opinion about liberals and they'll be like right. you know saying whatever liberals need to do this and liberals need to do that and the whole time they're doing stuff illegal stuff. You 100%. know what I mean? Or like they would they would be uh so dismissive of the le- illegal things that, you know, certain politicians are doing. Exactly. You know, there'll be a, a conservative politician that'll get caught doing like you know child like pedophilia or something like that and they'll be like oh you know it's okay 
and then yeah. they'll be bashing whatever liberal is doing yeah. something that's technically not even illegal. Yeah. So basically, people are slow to criticize themselves, mm-hmm. more critical of others. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird. People will gossip and talk and say things like it'll be somebody that's worried about someone else's relationship, mm-hmm. but you over there sucking dick behind your husband's back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, just we're gonna move <laughs> on from this, but folks. You really need to shut the fuck up if you're not walking right. If you're mm-hmm. not moving right, then just shut the fuck up and move on with yourself. Yeah. Stop trying to stop trying to put your two cents on somebody else when your shit's not right. Yeah. This is why I don't try to have opinions on people. And if I do have an opinion, I'm like, man, well, shit, I need to get my shit together. Yeah. You know I mean? Maybe I shouldn't be vo- too boisterous. Uh, I mean, that's not a word. Um, maybe I shouldn't be too. Um, uh, what the word? What's the word I'm looking Boisterous for? Boisterous is a word. It is a word. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't know if it's a VRB, but I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be so opinionated. Is the there word I'm looking for? Yeah. I we'll should look at. Le- we'll look that other one up later. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look at the uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's that. All right. Switching mm-hmm. gears. Um. Recently, people waited 14 fucking hours at a brand new location for a In and Out in Colorado. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the article. Um, massive 14 hour line forms as Colorado gets its first in and out burger joints. This is absolutely, this is asinine. Um, the menu just not to be much of a secret after all. Colorado fans of the iconic California chain and in and out burger waited in epic lines Friday as the state's first two outlets open. Um, in, in Aurora, cops were called to control the crowds as cars and customers sneaked around snaked excuse me around the the new fast food restaurant and an adjacent mall uh, customers told the local abc affiliate uh said they waited nearly 14 hours to get their hamburgers fries and shakes mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy um it's official traffic is double traffic is double double animal style right now all around the mall royal police uh tweeted um using some of the cult-like chains lingo we are on we are on hand helping manage the massive traffic response. A later post warned of a 12 hour wait and another said the line wrapped around the mall twice. They estimated the line was one point five to two miles long. God damn. And it and not expected to sell 60,000 burgers over the weekend at an Aurora store. OK, look here, man. Uh, here's my uh, opinion on that. First of all, right. Um, right around the corner. From this in and out was a mom and pops burger shop that is in it's in danger of being closed down due to COVID. And these motherfuckers are waiting 14 hours for a burger. This shows you how people really look at things. They much rather support a stranger than somebody that lives down the fucking street. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, I think if you know somebody with a business, you should be supporting them because these other big chains, they're going to be OK. In and out's not, you know, if you if you've noticed, the lines at In and Out Burger have gotten even bigger than the pandemic. Yeah. You could have sworn they had the fucking vaccine inside of goddamn In and Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got these fucking doggy style fries. I mean animal doggy style, fries style fries inside of the goddamn place. <laughs> it must have the goddamn coronavirus vaccine inside these burgers the way these motherfuckers are wrapped around there. <laughs> the one in Bakersfield is ridiculous. Yeah. It the one over off of Stockdale, the line was so fucking long. Not only did it wrap around the building, but it went down to where Sports Chalet used to be. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about, okay, you know when you come in on the backside? I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It was backed up to the entrance on the other side. Right, where uh, Chick-fil-A is now. Yes. Yeah. So you got Chick-fil-A in that line, 
Like, I don't understand the amount of time you waited in that fucking line. You could have made a burger at home. You could have went home, bought burger patties, buns, cheese, the fries, and you could have ate them. And by the way, um, In-N-Out's fries are fucking horrible, by the way. Oh, trash. Trash. They are like the equivalent to Rachel Ray's pozole she tried to make. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically, they just drop uh, they just drop freaking cardboard in a deep Damn. fryer and then pull it out and serve it as fries. He'd be like, so what's the what's the secret recipe to those fries? <laughs> Trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's, it's, to me, um, the the food is just whatever. Yeah. Like, in and out food is just it's just an average burger. Um, it's nothing to. You know, there's people that really like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to get to California. I'm going to stop at In-N-Out Burger. But to me, it's just like a bunch of food without much flavor to there's it. There's nothing in there. It's ridiculous. Fries don't have no... F- I don't know where they get those potatoes from, but fries... Sh- I can make fries at home. Yes. You know what I mean? And they're not that bland. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, they're getting some dehydrated t- potatoes or something, oh, but that right. stuff is trash. Uh-huh. And then just the fact that there are there are people that will spend 14 hours of their day. Mind you, we're in a pandemic where right. like low key recession where people yeah. st- are still filing for unemployment. Right. A lot of people don't have money. A lot of people are still, you know, paying their bills with unemployment and whatnot there. This is all going on. And somebody could spend 14 hours of their day sitting in a line to get a hamburger. It also shows people don't have any passion of, of any sort. Yeah. We, talk, we talked about that yes. with the lines at uh, Angry Chicks. Angry Chicks. You yeah. have no passion, dude. Because first of all, if I'm on my day off, I am I mean, I'm at work all week, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, considered a local driver, but I, I have a very demanding schedule. Mm-hmm. So I don't have enough time outside of my job, even on my days off, to fuck around in a line that long. Yeah. This also shows that how brainwashed motherfuckers are. These are the same people that vote in elections. Yeah. This is weird. This is embarrassing. Like it shows how tribalistic and how brainwashed people are. Mm-hmm. That is just that is insane. I don't even if you I'm tell you right now, if you are willing to wait in a line at in and out for 14 hours, me and you can never fucking be friends. Yeah. There is no way <laughs> that me and you can ever fucking coexist yeah. because you if you wait in that line at in and out in Bakersfield. Yeah. Then I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, I literally I'm not saying this because I want to sound like the cool guy on a podcast, but I literally can cook. Keith knows I can make really good food, mm-hmm. especially in the kitchen, man. Ain't nothing but big dick energy in the kitchen. Man. Yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm making burgers. I'm making tacos. I'm making everything in there. I'm, I'm cooking it up. And and it takes way less time to make a meal at home. They don't take fourteen hours unless you marinating something or right. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Not a hamburger. A hamburger shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I feel like um, what a lot of people don't do is value their time. And yeah. I mean that's that's the perfect example of people not valuing their time. 100%. In fourteen hours, you could get so much done. And there's a lot of people, like I said, that are in that line and they're struggling in life. Right. You know, they may not they they may be barely paying their bills or they playing playing catch up or they're in debt as far as their, you know, credit cards and whatnot. But yeah. and yet they will still sit in a line and waste fourteen hours of the day. And then also it was on a weekday, I believe, right? I'm not sure. This shit was what day was this? I think I sent it I know I sent it to you sometime earlier in the week. Yeah, let me look at the date, what it says. Fourteen hour away, the Royal Cops. It was published November twenty first. 
So that was yesterday. That was yesterday. These motherfuckers. But I sent you that. I sent you that video the day before. Day before that. Yeah. So So it had to be like Friday. Friday. Friday was probably the grand opening. Friday and there's kids got school. Yeah. So I'm sure there was kids in, in Zoom meetings. Or if they, you know, if they're, I don't know what Colorado's rules are right now, but there's probably kids sitting in a car in freaking Zoom oh classrooms. God, it's embarrassing. It's just like, we could just do so much more. I, if I had 14 hours of free time, oh it man. would be maximized. I would either yes. be resting because, you know, I've probably worked hard during the week. Exactly. Or I would be maximizing that time by trying oh, to yeah. learn something or trying to, you know, get ready for the podcast Fuck or yeah. work on something. You know what? I mean... You're going to have to people are going to have to change my mind on this. And this is going to sound horrible. But if you're willing to wait 14 hours for a burger, I think you're willing to suck a dick for one. I, really <laughs> think, I think you would literally give a blowjob for a cheeseburger. Dang. If you're willing to get 14 hours, what else are you willing to do for that burger? I, there should have been. Well, I need to go this get is some, what we should do. Uh-huh. Let's go to In-N-Out on Stockdale. Uh-huh. Get like. 12 hamburgers, maybe 24 or something uh-huh. like that. Drive to Colorado and stand out there with a huge sign and say, we'll give burgers for head. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to go to Colorado. <laughs> just go down the street on Stockdale. I'm going to just be having a handful of burgers in my, my, in my zipper down. <laughs> but when a dude walk up, I'm like, hey, man, no, no, man, no. <laughs> I want no mustache on my dick, man. <laughs> you said that you get, like nigga if you don't get out of here tell your wife tell your wife to come over here ah, that's crazy yeah man mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 extremely sad and it's just so many things that yeah i mean one of them is like look it shows how lazy people are they don't want to cook it also shows how tro- like how brainwashed people are yeah. like if i gave you a, a plain t-shirt and said here you want this you wouldn't be really motivated but if i put a nike logo on it you'd be like yeah i want that that's nike yeah that's how people are or it don't even have to have the logo on the front it could be the logo on the inside of the inside of the neck oh that's nike yeah oh that's nike oh oh that's that's supreme supreme is the worst at that oh the worst and the best Mm -hmm. but you know obviously that whatever they're doing is they killing it they be selling bricks and stickers and all kinds of crazy it just it's crazy what people are willing to do for something like that Mm -hmm. it's oh man i don't have that in me Mm-hmm. Like right now, I have an old, I have an old T-shirt on from fucking <laughs> Noble. It's a known Noble shirt. I got mm-hmm. this shit from a secondhand store. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dude, I don't, I don't understand it because I don't live that life. Yeah, I don't, I don't associate things with brands. When I get done with the podcast, I've been marinating some, um, some chicken at home, and I'm gonna make some chicken tacos when I get off. Yeah, when I get done for the yeah. podcast, I have these jeans. Some I got. Um Somebody gave me these jeans. They're probably like $300 jeans. Wow. And I haven't even worn them yet. Wow. You need to sell those motherfuckers. <laughs> that was a gift. I can't just... The person that This guy, he owns a, a clothing, like a high fashion clothing oh, okay. store. And he, and he gave me like a couple couple items. But it, I just haven't like... You, like you said, was that, dude, simple, was that the dude that said, let me see how you look in those pants? Is that what he said? No. <laughs> 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 Nigga, you thick. I'm going to give you these for free. <laughs> oh, oh dang. That'd be crazy, bro. <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, you can wear these. Just, just, just model them for me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, yeah. man. He did ask me to model for his no, club. No. Like, <laughs> he lying. I'm serious. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just for transparency. Yeah, was, oh, uh, man. That was funny. That's it was good. crazy. I was, in, I was in Las Vegas, and... um. I was packing. We were in the, the ho- we were in this hotel called the called the D. Ironically, it's wow. like right there on Fremont Fremont Street. Um, but I was I was packing up my stuff and I was going down the elevator, um, and I was on I was on maybe like a higher the thirtieth floor or something. And I went down and then to stop to let you know somebody in on floor fifteen or something like that. Yeah. So um, they got in and um, everybody got their mask on. You know what right, I mean. So it's right. kind of hard to discern who's speaking to you at what time so right, like right. a couple like it was it was two couples you know a guy and a girl guy and a girl and uh they got in and then they were like hey how you doing i'm like hey what's going on and then somebody else walked in how you doing i was like what's going on and then um one of the guys was like and this was, it was it was clearly the the person i was talking to me that i was looking at he mm-hmm. was like he's like you leaving already man and i was like yeah you know i just low-key came out here to you know on a business trip, you know, yeah. I was, I'm filming a documentary. So I just did, we were, we were shooting an interview mm-hmm. and then, uh, he was like, Oh, okay. And he was like, where are you, like, where are you headed back to? I was like, oh, I'm going back to California. And then one of the girls was like, uh, what part of California? And I was like, Oh, Bakersfield. And then she was like, Oh, okay. I, I know where that is. And then, um, we started talking a little bit more and mm-hmm. then, um, it was almost my time to get off the, uh, get off the elevator. Mm-hmm. And then one of the girls was like, just randomly. And it was like low key, like, two or three seconds of silence and she was like do you have makeup on and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody in the elevator was looking at her like why would you even ask that and then uh-huh. i was getting off and then she was like i don't know he just such ha- he just has such beautiful skin and i was like uh i guess that was her thank way of, you that was just her way of trying to you know you know, women don't have no pickup lines. They say weird shit. <laughs> that's what that's what i was thinking i was like you saying this and like your husband is right next yeah, to you. Yeah, you're trying your best to flirt with me, and like, and you, you're doing it in such a underhanded way. Yeah, he's like, "What the fuck do you want me to do?" That's not a compliment either. No. Like, are you wearing makeup? I mean, telling someone they have good skin is a compliment, but not yeah. like, "Hey, do you have makeup on?" Yeah, that's a, women. You guys, you could have just said like, you know, I look good, like or something. You could have just said, "Hey, um, young man, I want to fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> That's the. That's what I really wanted to say. Women <laughs> say women don't know how to give compliments. They'll say some shit like, "Wow, you look like really like macho," you know? Yeah, like macho. What the fuck is that supposed? That's to why be? Bumble is a failed app. Oh god, <laughs> Bumble's fucking terrible. <laughs> women have no. Oh god, that's why I'm glad I got off all. The, I got off all those date naps. I've been yeah. off them. It's been fuck. It's gotta been gotta be over a year now. That you got it. That I've been off all the day naps. It had to be. This has to be over. Yeah, here. we about to have a year inside of here, so it's right. definitely like it's been. I've been off of those because women are terrible at it. They'll be like, so um, um, and it's I've had women send me some weird shit to where I'm like, yo, I don't even know how the fuck to respond to this. Like, hey, what's cooking? Good looking. I'm like, man, right. if you don't get your ass out of here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's cooking? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know how to answer this, but yeah, 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 yeah. that's fucking hilarious. I don't know how we got to, we got there. Yeah, but yeah, a story I wanted to tell. Yeah, <laughs> I was just finding a way to, you know, introduce it. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, man. To make a long story short, I, I just don't think it's, um, it's gonna do you any justice to wait fourteen hours for a fucking hamburger. Yeah, it, man. The, the experience is not like, the, like it's weird how something like In and Out has become so polarizing, especially to other states. 
Because it's like, I think that every state low-key wants to be, or people that live in different states low-key want to live in California. That's It's that demand. Yeah. With the, I think what the In-N-Out is doing greatly is that they're keeping it on the West Coast, mm-hmm. right? But they're giving you so, a little bit here and there. Yeah. So when people in New York or Minnesota or Florida or whatever mm-hmm. they're hearing about in and out, they like, yo, the lines is around the building. I gotta mm-hmm. try that out when I get to when I get to California yeah. or not. It's not only in California, Arizona, mm-hmm. um, you know, Colorado now, Nevada, mm-hmm. all these places have in and outs. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, yo, when I get to when I get to the West Coast, I'm gonna try that for sure. And then yeah. that's that that's but they're they're kinda like, who knows how far they want to stretch east, mm-hmm. but they I think they're doing it perfectly to where it's like all right you know we're gonna put it in colorado now all right yeah. let's put it in new mexico all right let's put it in el paso and then what we'll, you know what i mean so i think that what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to make these in and outs fucking huge i mean i'm talking about like in like size bigger stores yes yeah. because if you're gonna bring one location to these places i think that you're as a as a chain you're doing a disservice to that community when you don't make it big enough to serve them because there's only one but the thing is, you want the, you want your demand higher than the, what you have. You don't want like Berg, like just ha, just like if you have a like a shoes like Jordans, for instance. Yeah, a lot of times the Jordans sell out because they only have a few thousand of them. 100%. You know what I mean? But if there was like five hundred thousand Jordans and they just sitting on the shelves, it don't look as. I don't think that's real for food because people are fucking fat. But <laughs> look at but the the reason people go to In and Out is because people go to In and Out. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 Part right. of In and Out's demand is when you drive down Stockdale and you see the line wrapped around, you like, bruh, they must got some crack in there. Yeah, it must be some crack, man. Yeah. But as long as people people have like people love eating burgers, bro. Yeah. People in America that they just Certain foods, man. Burgers has got to be the top. Yeah. People I'm just talking about from a marketing standpoint. Right. I feel like you always want the demand to be higher than the actual uh, units that you have. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's you get a regular little rinky-dink location in a place like that. It's just fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I think the first one at any place should be big enough and have enough employees to get motherfuckers out of there. You ain't waiting 14 hours, but you're still going to wait like eight which yeah. is not good either. Yeah. But then that demand is just too great. That yeah, line exactly. was like miles. Miles. It yeah. don't even matter. If you had five locations, it probably yeah. would have been worse. You know, here's the thing that's fucking hilarious before we move on. Even in Bakersfield, Raising Cane's, when it first came, I didn't go to Raising Cane's for about a month because yeah. motherfuckers were loading it up, loading it up, loading it up, loading it up. Every day you drive, I used to just drive by it. Like, I'll try it out. And then it was so many people that it just, Turn me off. I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, what's in the, what's so great about this chicken? And then by the time I finally got it, I said, hey, this is mediocre chicken. It's it, GMO. It's just, yeah, it's mediocre chicken. Like, they, yeah. they act like this fucking chicken has been blessed by the Pope or something. It's just regular mm-hmm. goddamn chicken. And, it's and, decent. It's decent. Yeah. I, out of a 10, I give it like a 6.5 right in there. Yeah. You know, ain't nothing great about it. It's just yeah, it, yeah, the, yeah. The, the little toast is decent. Yeah. And the little cane sauce that people go crazy over. It's just a regular little sauce. Yeah. Now they, they made more locations. Now they got two more popping up. People are like, people are addicted to food, though. They are, definitely. Like, it, it it's a, it's a, um, it's an event for some people. Yeah. When I get hungry, I'm, you know, depending on, like, if I do end up eating fast food, it's just convenience. There you go. Like, I I live in the central part of Bakersfield. Right, same here. So, if, I, um, if I'm if i hungry and I, I don't have, I'm never that person that has, like, a taste for something. Like, right. man, I want to, 
I could I could do for a waffle right now, and then you drive all the way across Bakersfield to get the waffle from yeah. Rosedale. Or something. I do that shit sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. See, every now and then it's cool, but some people yeah. do that religiously. Yeah, I don't. Like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna go to when Raising Canes wasn't on California, they would drive all like, the way out there just yeah. to get raised. When I got Canes. off of work the other night, I was like, man, I gotta eat some pussy. <laughs> 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 you didn't see that one coming, did you? Nah, that was a that was a complete curveball. <laughs> oh man! If I could describe Keith, what he just did it was like the face palm emoji, but the black guy face palm emoji. That was Keith right now. Nobody listening was expecting that. <laughs> God damn, oh, that's comedy. <laughs> what were you saying, Keith? I don't know, man. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. All right, but there's that, man. Uh, yeah. We're switching gears. Uh, recently, Kevin Hart released a, um, a comedy special on Netflix called No Fucks Given, right? Mm-hmm. So I watched it the other night. I watched it in its entirety. Keith caught what he could. Um, but, you know, I just want to give my opinion on it. And folks, first first and foremost, let me preface everything I'm going to say with just because how I feel about the, the special doesn't mean that's how you should feel. Right. Mm-hmm. I encourage all of you to go out and, and watch the Netflix special. And from that point, just determine from there how you feel about it. You may love it. Yeah. Okay. It was a lot of bef- before you go. That was I, I hadn't watched it yet, but I was just hearing people's opinions. But just skimming through Twitter, it was a lot of people bashing the uh, the special. But go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> um, basically, well, now the, it was called No Fucks Given. Now, if you hear that and you, you see Kevin Hart, you know what he's been through. You know, he's been, um, um, you know, he's been cheating held, scandal, cheating scandal, been held accountable by the LGBT community. All yeah. this shit has went on in his career. Right. And, you know, you figure, hey, this guy's going to fucking let loose. I'm not saying that that doesn't mean he has to fucking say shit about LGBT or any of that shit. Mm-hmm. But I figure he's going to say some wild shit. And the cover, like the little movie poster mm-hmm. was like it kind of was like like a a lot of contrast, like the tone right. of it was like, oh, snap, he's going to he's going to go crazy. Yeah, He's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. OK, so I'll tell you, let's start from the top. First off, he, he had an idea to have it at his house. Right. Yeah. So he had the comedy special at his home. It was a that was a bad fucking idea. Yeah. Right? And the reason why I say it's a bad idea is because when people are in your home, they feel more obligated to be more respectful of your place. So, for example, if if you invited people over your house and you made some fucked up food, they're going to act like it's good. Right. You know, just because, you know, they don't want to be disrespectful in your home. People mm-hmm. tend to be a lot more respectful in your home. They might feel more obligated to laugh at his jokes. Yeah. Because there was some, there was a lot of dry humor. There, don't get me wrong. There was some fucking hilarious moments in this special that yeah. I thought were really funny. I just thought the idea of having a comedy special at your home was a bad idea, though. You mm-hmm. should have had that shit at some venue somewhere. It could have been outside in a parking lot for who fucking cares. Mm-hmm. And he, he invited certain people in his home. So I know he didn't invite strangers in his home. These are all people he knew. That's also a conflict of interest because they're going to laugh at your fucking jokes. As far as that, I don't I don't know. I can't say. Yeah, but I, look, man, anybody, if you're Kevin Hart. And you inviting people in your home. I know there's limited access and I know all these motherfuckers know you. I think it would have been smarter to have some remote area in Los Angeles 
where, where you have people to come in and watch the special pers- like personally real fans of comedy I'm yeah. not saying that the people over his house were not fans of comedy I'm just saying they fucking knew him right I can, I'm not going to second that because I don't know that for a fact I don't know that but, but, but do you think Kevin Hart would allow a bunch of fucking strangers in his home I mean the people recording it, it might be strangers all right, Keith. I'm fucking done with you. <laughs> I right. mean, it's it's okay to a you know that's a, that's your idea, but I'm just saying like for right. me, I'm not going to say that these are people that he knew. And 100. Okay. All right. Now, now that's just we'll get past that. I just yeah. didn't th- I didn't think it was a great idea for him to have it at his home. Yeah. yeah it yeah. seems very original and you know whatnot, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Th- then it was called no fucks given, but uh, according to you know the the content, he definitely gave a fuck. He was giving discretion in the middle of his set. As a comedian, if you want to be organic, you shouldn't always have to preface everything. Now, I preface what I was about to say on this podcast based on the fact that I didn't want you to be influenced by my personal feelings. I want you to listen to on it, listen to it or watch it, excuse me, on your own. Mm -hmm. That's why I prefaced it. But I'm not the one that's handing out the content. He is. And as a comedian, if you say some crazy shit, then let it go. Yeah, this world is too politically correct. Why do you think I just made it crack the joke about uh, when I got off of work, uh, I had a hunger to eat some pussy, right? Mm-hmm. I said that because this is a podcast platform. If if you take away the freedom of speech and you want to be politically correct, then you're fucking it up for the listeners. Mm-hmm. We live in a world that's so politically correct and nobody wants to nobody wants to say the wrong things and blah blah blah. Well, goddamn it, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say it mm-hmm. now, Kevin Hart. Um, Obviously gave a fuck and you could tell by the content that he had on there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I didn't like there was there are some things also there was some pretty dry basic humor. Wasn't great. My my overall grade for it, um well no, we'll we'll get to that a little later. Yeah. But from what I can take from it, it just didn't seem organic. Um, he talked about his family and stuff of that nature. He had some funny jokes there, but I basically feel like he was playing it safe. He was -hmm. still trying to play it safe while also having the title of his special called no fucks given. Mm -hmm. If there are no fucks given, are you trying to play it safe? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. 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 You know? So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's just, uh, this is some of my, uh, dislike. I think for me, um, I'm right there with you. I, I feel like, if you are going to um, title your 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 special that way, and then you go into it not really ruffling any feathers, so right. I was telling you on the phone, I was saying like when when Dave even when Dave when Dave Chappelle drops a special, <clears throat> and not to compare them because I don't I don't like when people do that. Yeah, but only in this aspect when Dave Chappelle dropped his special. That was like low key backlash, right? Oh yeah. And then when he just did the SNL monologue, there was people, you know, obviously trying to not necessarily cancel him, but they had they he ruffled a few feathers as far as like liberal white women and whatnot. For sure. Um, but when I seen the the response to this special, I didn't see anyone mad at anything he said outside of the fact that some people didn't think it was well, funny. They did talk about his baby because his baby had um, merch and the shirt said no fucks given on it. Mm-hmm. And he said, why would they, why would he use his daughter to peddle this bad words on the shirt? I'm thinking uh, like, if you don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Yeah. But anyways, like as far as uh, <laughs> the grand, real important subject matter, no one, no one had any of those things to say. No. Um, but what I will say going into it, um, 
I kind of, and I only watched like 25 minutes of it maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into it, I don't know how I was actually feeling mm-hmm. because what happened is there was so much negative backlash on social media and everyone that wow. I talked to. There was like, you know, I wasn't that funny or, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's too safe now. And I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't really care for his content now. So that whole time I'm like, am I not laughing because everyone said it's not funny or am I not Mm -hmm. laughing because it's not funny? Mm. And then, you know, when I did hear a funny joke, I was like, oh, okay. I like was busting the, up. Yeah. The first time I laughed, laugh was when he called his daughter a hoe. I was oh, like, yeah, yo, that's hilarious. Yeah. And it, that's, that's just me being completely objective and, you know, not going into it with any sort of ideas or right. anything. But what I would, so I say that to say, like, are, how how many of these people are really thinking for themselves? Exactly. Or are they just are they the people that wait fourteen hours? I was about to internet? fucking say that. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things. And what I will say too is we have to stop as a community. Stop comparing people. It's difficult to do, but we have to stop comparing people to themselves. Right. Because this happens with everyone. Everyone's there's a lot of people like, yo, Drake's second right. album there is way go. better than all this new stuff. He, or Take Care is the best album yeah. he ever made. Why wouldn't he make another one of those? Or Jay-Z, why, when is he going to make another Reasonable Doubt? I'm going to quote Jay-Z. Niggas want my old shit, buy, buy my, my old, old album. album. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you can go and listen to Kevin Hart's special yeah. and you can see the, the progress in life. I think for him, one of the things is like, his life was probably much more. I think he still can tell a great joke, oh, like yeah. the, when he called his daughter a hoe, or the, oh, the yeah. people at, the, at Walmart or wherever. That's still funny, like objectively funny. funny. Oh, yeah. But what happens is the subject matter or the what his lifestyle is completely different. Like yes. he was, he was out in the world more, you yeah. know, dealing with women, and you know he's on tour probably more, and he didn't have he had two kids um, early on, but you know, he didn't have like the family dynamic like right. he does now. And a lot of the content was about his dad and his uncles and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he just doesn't live that life anymore. So right. I feel like the people that find him the the funniest are the people that could probably relate to him the most. Great what I point. will say is like when I used to watch the Kings of comedy, a lot of that stuff was over my head. Cause right. I was so, I was in like elementary school right. when that stuff was going on. So when uh, Bernie, like, a lot of re- people be like, oh, Bernie Mac is a goat. And I'm just like, I don't you get it. You don't get it. I don't got no kids. There you go. You know, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily understand. It's a lot of sexual jokes. I ain't had, I ain't stuck my dick in nothing yet. Yeah. Right. So it's just like, I, I, I don't get it. But when you get older, you start to appreciate it. So I feel yeah. like who knows, you know, for me, maybe when I have, you know, four or five kids like Kevin Hart and I'm in my forties or late thirties or whatever, like I may be able to appreciate it more. Um, so I say all that to say my only gripe about the special is the name of it. Like, I feel like if you if you title your project that way, you have to go in saying the most reckless stuff yes. you can. You got to be on the Andrew Schultz, you know, Dave yes. Chappelle level of recklessness yes. when you go into that a special saying yes. anything like that. And you need to understand that people want that shit. They want it reckless. Yeah. Because like I mentioned before, we live in such a politically correct world that when they come to see comedy, they come to see raunchiness. Yeah. Because when they go into these comedy clubs, they're going to laugh at the most fucked up shit. Yeah. And they're going to feel good. They're going to be crying, laughing. And when they go back into the world, now they got to put their jacket back on and be politically correct. Yeah. But for that moment in time, they can escape this fucking bullshit. You got COVID going on. You got all this shit going on. And when they can watch something that is so fucked up and hilarious, 
it's like a vacation without leaving your home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when you take that away from people by being politically correct, then you need to stop doing comedy. And I'll be honest and I'll say this, and this sounds really fucked up, especially as someone has done, has done comedy myself and I'm a content creator with the podcast, I strongly advise him to never fucking do comedy again. And the reason why I say it is because if you have to adjust what you're doing and you have to be, if you're going to be politically correct, just stick to movies. Eddie Murphy caught it early. Eddie Murphy was such a big star that he just stuck to movies. What the fuck is that noise? What the fuck is that? Why the fuck are people always... Go check and see what's going on. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Every week with me and Keith coming here to record, is somebody always doing some shit. Every fucking week, man. Sometimes, usually it's that homeless guy down... Yeah, me and Keith are in the studio. We can't really disclose where we're at. Where we're at. We don't want you coming over here trying to knock our door down. Um, but... <laughs> this, Oh, it is. What the fuck? <laughs> Usually, it's every week there's some guy downstairs yelling. Yeah, <laughs> he be down there for no reason. It's yeah. like, it, and there's a and when look, it's the guy must have a mental health issue or something because he just yells out <laughs> anything. Yeah, that's why we cracked the joke last week. Like, Jesus Christ had dreads. <laughs> Man, if you don't shut the fuck up while we trying to do this podcast, man, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh man, yeah, man, yeah. I, I, what was I saying? I don't think Kevin Hart should do comedy anymore, not because he sucks or this and that. But if you can't be authentic and just literally transparent, then get off the stage because yeah. people come to see you. They don't come to see this politically correct version of you. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I think. I think. From a uh, from a raw comedic perspective, like I get it. What the heck? Hold on, y'all. Yeah. Oh, yes. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. We getting dead air over here, man. The listeners need us. What the fuck did they want now? They, they said they were waxing. Waxing the floor. Okay, then wax it, motherfucker. With the, with but the they were saying, like, they didn't want us to walk out on the on the wet floors. Okay. So they were asking how long were we going to be here. Yeah, you're making too many fucking noises, though. Dude earlier was like, wow. Yeah. That's the dude. That was him? <laughs> that, it had to be the same. They're probably waxing all the floors. This motherfucker sounds like a circus animal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only, the only noises you hear like that is at a fucking calm or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing about podcasts. You just get the raw, like... Yeah, we're not cutting any of this shit out either. Knocking on the door. We don't want this shit to sound bad. I'm over here trying to... And it was weird as too when you have a co-host and then they leave for some reason. You got to carry the podcast. Yeah, you're just talking to yourself. And it's kind of weird because if you're not like Chris D'Elia or somebody that does a podcast by themselves... Yeah. And then your fucking guest gets up and takes a shit like Keith does a lot of times. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) One day Keith was like, my stomach, man, is killing me. I was like, all right, man. Go ahead, dude. I gotta take a leak too, so hopefully that floor dry fast. Oh wow! But um, no, what I was what I was saying was, as far as like from a raw comedic standpoint, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I I get I get what you're saying because when you when you go up there and you're being mindful of your companies, you're being mindful of your jobs, you're being mindful of your partnerships, you're being mindful of the people investing in you, then um, you know when you're 
when you're going up there thinking about those things, you're not going to be able to tell the the best joke. There you go. Um, but from a from a like a business standpoint, I think I think he's figured out a formula. So it's a it's a tough mm. position because even a guy like Tyler Perry, there a lot of people have uh, gripes about Tyler Perry, like oh he should have more writers in his room, or mm-hmm. he should you know hire better directors, or whatever the case may be. But he's winning. Yeah, so of course. There you go. It's 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 one of those things. Like, are you doing it for the art? Or are you doing it because it's a business? So. I think that a lot of this is why I say he should just just trash comedy. Not because I'm a hater or any of that shit, but because his attributes towards movies and films has outweighed his fucking comedy. Yeah, it's like I'm telling you, he's got the Eddie Murphy effect. Eddie Murphy did comedy, and then he became such a movie star that he's just been doing movies. He's been yeah. fucking. Uh, being uh, Shrek is the the donkey on Shrek, and yeah. he's playing five different fucking characters in movies, getting paid for each character. Like, yeah. Eddie Murphy was the first motherfucker before Kevin Hart came around, mm-hmm. and now Kevin Hart's still trying to go back to his roots. But you can't go back to roots when now you're this new fucking guy. I think yeah. Kevin Hart is. I think he's still a great comedian, one of the greatest ever, right? Yeah. But now is this shit is just not what it was and it's not because you want to compare it to the old shit it's just that it's not coming from an organic place yeah being somebody that has been on stage and i'm not on no way no shape or form and comparing myself to any of these fucking great comedians <clears throat> mm-hmm. you just know when these jokes are being tailored or when they're being they're coming from a no fucks given like outlook on life yeah it's tough i think you know and we, we, you can see it. He's obviously like a superstar now. And exactly. His business is, is crazy. He's making a lot of money. Um, he did a freaking stadium tour for yeah. comedy. Yeah. Um, it's it, this position that he's in is a lot different. He talked about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different than a failed movie, like mm-hmm. a Soul Plane or, you know, Toy Soldiers or whatever. All these movies were not really successful there cult classics but they're not they weren't box office successes um so when you coming off of that you probably have a you you probably care a little bit less you know as far as like how the success of your show will be mm-hmm. so it's just a tough position um the reason um I try not to be super critical of anyone, so that's why I led this conversation right. with like trying to understand where he's coming from. Right. But um <laughs> it's something to be mindful of as far as like how we move. One hundred percent. And you know what? That's a great point. And my thing is not so much being critical but being transparent. And I feel like like I, that's why I mentioned before that, you know, sometimes uh grading art is subjective because yeah. it that's why I said when I prefaced this, I said, you may love it, you know, but this is my personal feelings about it. Yeah. Like me personally, I give it a four out of 10 mm-hmm. and I give it that four based on the fact that there was some fucking hilarious moments in here, but the t- overall tone of it was pretty dry, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I've listened to too many great comedians and I know Kevin Hart is definitely a great comedian and it just did just nah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't really, wasn't really with it. Does that mean he's not funny? That that doesn't mean he's not funny. He's actually fucking hilarious. I don't he's know. He's hilarious. He's probably like just just naturally funny. Naturally funny. A lot of people. Oh yeah. When yeah. he does the Breakfast Club, I'm always the first to watch that shit. Yeah. Because it's always entertaining. Every time Kevin Hart has been on Breakfast Club, it is always hilarious. I think what uh, I think another one of his um, problems, which is not really a bad thing and i think it happens to a lot of comedians is that they grow up yeah like it's hard to be the 
40, 50 year old comedian um, because you're, you're just so much more mature. Like True. when you see Eddie Murphy in interviews now, he's like very, he's just more mature. Martin Lawrence the same way. Like he's just right. a, he's just a more mature person. Right. Um, and he's not always like, you know, he doesn't have that same energy like right. he used to. So I don't know That's if true. that plays a part in it, just growing up. And, true. you know, obviously you can become, he's probably a, a sharper comedian as far as writing and setting up jokes, but oh, yeah. just that natural charisma, it probably is not as uh, like vibrant as it used to be when he was in his 20s or his 30s. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you do kind of grow out of things. It's just like even your friends change. Yeah. You know, you get older, it's not like you hate people, but you just kind of grow in different directions. Yeah. So I, that's that's what I would compare probably that situation to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we don't know how, you know, uh, you know, fame or success affects you. Maybe yeah. within the next couple of years, you know, when I'm wildly successful, I may not be talking about, you know, eating pussy after work anymore. You know, I, yeah. might, I might just be um, eating pussy in the comfort of my own home. You might be eating pussy before work. Exactly. Right? Yeah. There's no bad time for it. It's just kind of like uh, it's like uh, chicken and waffles. Right. Yeah. There's no bad time to eat chicken eat and waffles. Any time of the day. Right. I had speaking of chicken and waffles. <laughs> I went to Roscoe's. Sometimes, like you know, we we be hitting like raising canes and all these chicken spots, and they just be like whatever. They be they be four out of ten chicken, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. But sometimes you get some chicken from like a, a fast food spot right. or a restaurant, and it be so fire. Yeah. And that Roscoe's chicken was fire. Yeah. That's probably I was like, bro, I ain't had chicken this good in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I have that experience. Honestly, I have that experience more when I cook food myself. Yeah. And um, like tonight, I'll probably have that experience again, because mm-hmm. when I get home, I've got some chicken marinating in some um, al pastor. It's called it's a it's a, usually they use pork for it, like al pastor. Mm-hmm. But I have chicken thigh. Yeah. Right. If you marinate the chicken thigh in the seasoning I get and you just let it sit for a couple hours and then mm-hmm. you grill it. Oh, my Fire. God. Oh, man. Yeah. Best tacos ever, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Huh? Let's uh, we can move on from this now. We got a food podcast. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you turned me into fucking Emerald and shit. <laughs> you remember Emerald back in the day when he put like any seasoning on food? He'd be like, bam. Yeah. Put a little bit of oregano on here, a little bit of parsley. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Those Food Network people is just I love the it. Top. I, yeah, I love it, man. Rachel, uh, Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray would always be like, just put a little E V O O on here. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be a whole bottle of fucking wine in there. <laughs> Like, damn. I don't know what it is about Rachel Ray. I had a huge crush on He's Rachel. Like, she had wide hips. Oh, yeah. I used to yeah. love that, man. Yeah. I had a huge, huge crush. I think I, I, I think I broke that crush when she fucked up on episode A recently. Oh, this is, uh, oh, I, I didn't see that. Dude, it was all over Twitter. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of Mexican people ripped into her for it. She's not Mexican, though. I know she's not Mexican, but yeah. at least when you make someone's food, you need to respect their culture better than that. Like, it's like, if she was making soul food and fucked it up, we'd be like, what the fuck is that? Right? But she made. But boss- the thing, but the thing is, though, is like every every obviously that these peop these different dishes are rooted in certain cultures, right? But like niggas be putting hot dogs and hot links and spaghetti, <laughs> so right. it's like are all the Italians just gonna be mad no, at all black? But people? but they're not Rachel Ray. When you're a person that is a food, um, like a food connoisseur, yeah. you, you can't you know. 
Look, she basically poured a bunch of beans in the fucking pasole, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Beans? And then she poured beer in it. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck? You put beans and beer in the motherfucker? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. To me, like, I just seen it. I seen those cooking shows so many times where they'll cook something that we traditionally cook right. different. So I'm just like, you know, Whatever. I'm not going to be outraged. I but I, I, yeah. I get it, though. I feel like, you know, Mexicans are very, very Barry. Mexicans are very protective <laughs> over their food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if look, yeah, let's switch in gear. <laughs> All right. Um, recently, there was an actor, Lucas Gage, uh, was insulted by a director, um, and the director basically was stating how poor he was. He's basically saying these 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 uh, television. Yeah, set it up. Like the whole the whole Zoom meeting and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah. Basically, they were having a Zoom meeting, and um, I believe it was due to like a role or a scene. Yeah, or, I think it was an audition or it's something. It's an audition, mm-hmm. and this guy Lucas Gage was there um, on the other on the other end, and the director was talking without it being on mute, and he was like, "Wow, these these television actors they're just really poor. Look at you can see his TV in the background yeah. and all this. He's basically really insulting Lucas." Mm-hmm. And he didn't have it on mute. And then the way Lucas responded to it was genius. He basically said, uh, I, I I I can hear you. Um, yeah. He's like, Well, I mean, hey, give me a roll, then you know. Yeah. He's like, we could change it or whatever. Basically, he rolled with the punches. He did not get mad that he was being insulted. Mm-hmm. Um, and this got the attention of a lot of different actors who who backed him. They were tweeting things for him and things. Mm-hmm. He handled it so good. I think that the the lesson to be learned in this is the fact that you never should let anyone determine your energy. Yeah. Right. Some people are operating on such a low vibration that they will say fucked up shit. And now that usually triggers people to respond in the same or negative way. Yeah. But if you if you know who you are and somebody is insulting you for no reason, you don't need to really get mad at them. Mm-hmm. Because now you're ex- you're exerting energy on someone who really is not worth it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So the the guy was basically insulting him, and everybody was really pissed off at the director. Yeah, there was like this guy, and then somebody called like some actor tweeted out like, "Yeah, I think I know whose voice that was. That guy's fucking trash." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. He didn't even like. He hasn't came out and said who the director was. They yeah. didn't say it in an article either because it's just a voice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think especially, you know, I think it's important not to look down on anyone, though. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, shit, I grew up poor. I had times where, you know, I didn't have much at all. It was sometimes Christmas. I didn't get gifts sometimes like shit was I grew up with a pretty, pretty bad time. So I could never look at what someone doesn't have and judge them on that. Mm -hmm. I never could. Like, especially just, just I don't know. It's just not in my DNA to do that. Yeah, man, I, I think that's so trash because one thing is this dude is young too. He's only twenty five years old. Yeah, and I know him from the show Euphoria, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if he's had many roles outside of that. I don't know much about his his career as of yet. Right, um, like I said, that was the first time I had seen him. So he's he's probably early in his career. Right. So for a director or whomever to to be so disrespectful is it's ridiculous. And then also. What happens is, um, even if he is making a decent living, L.A. is expensive. Oh fuck yeah! You know, the apartments out there. You 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 you'd be hard pressed to find an apartment out there for under a thousand dollars. One hundred percent. It'd be like nine hundred dollars plus head. It's the only time. <laughs> <you can> get- <laughs> Got to get a manager head every month. 
right on the dot. <laughs> It'd be like nine nine ninety five plus sloppy top. <laughs> that was crazy. But no, but you know, outside of that, and it's it's you just you're speaking from a very like arrogant space when, exactly. you're, when you're trying to talk down on someone for the space they live in. Um, it's just there's just no no room or reason to be that judgmental. You also want to be mindful of the fact that. Did you mean to say rhyme or reason? What did I say? You said room or reason. Oh my bad. Yeah, I was thinking about his room and how small <laughs> it was. And then... <laughs> Go ahead, Keith. Sorry, buddy. but um, but yeah. So there's there's no reason for him to to be that disrespectful. And then also you have to understand that roles can reverse very oh yeah very fast oh, like yes. he you know he's actually he's a good actor in the show euphoria he's a good actor um so in two or three years from now he might be in a marvel movie yep. and who knows yep. how the you know the tables turn and that director is up for a tv show that he's mm-hmm. a star of or up to direct the movie that he's acting in and they're like nah you know you and then you don't get that job and then yeah. you know who knows what type of apartment you're going to live in and what type mm-hmm. of mansion he could possibly live in. Right. So there's just no reason to be, it, it would be, there's a certain tone that you can carry that conversation in. Yeah. If he was like, man, I wish actors would get paid more money or something like that. You then go. you can say that type of thing, but not the tone that in which he said it's it was kind of insulting. Like, yeah, exactly. You got to remember folks, manners will take you where money won't. Yeah. So if you're a motherfucker that's just like, oh yeah, look at them poor, blah, blah, blah. And then you then you and you look at the response from Lucas Gage, I think that that attitude and those in in the manners that in the way he handled that situation, there's gonna be somebody like, hey, that guy's got a great attitude. Yeah. That guy's got a great attitude. Yeah. Like we need we they're they're gonna probably reach out to his agent or something. There's mm-hmm. gonna be something that comes from this. There's gonna be enough actors or people who are in the business that will get that guy a job. Is I mean he's just much he's much more visible now. Yeah, exactly. Like you, now know you know who he is. Like exactly. I knew who he was from the show, but now exactly. you know you and other people probably like but, oh okay. But okay. that's how the universe works, man. Yeah, the universe works for you when you are being you and you're you're if you're being you the universe the universe will work for you. Yeah, as long as you are operating um, within it mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah, because I guarantee you. The guy that was insulting him, right? I don't even know how he got in the position he got in, but why isn't he referencing when he had it rough? You know, he, he might come from privilege. He he might come from privilege. He needs to fucking do something else. If you don't love what you're doing, you need to get out because you're making like being an actor or, you know, let's say we're getting paid for podcasting, whatever. This is a privilege. This is a passion. This is a passion driven. We haven't got paid for almost three years now. Right. Yeah. And we love doing it. We've done it every fucking week. Yeah. And we love this. I would hate for somebody to come in, some whoever, whatever entity from whatever and say, hey, well, you guys need to do this. Oh, uh, your office looks like this. You look uh, like this. This is a studio. This is the best you could do. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, man, you see that door right there? Go ahead and walk right out that motherfucker. Get yeah. out of here. Yeah. I, I swear. I swear to you right now. If, if we got offered a lot of money. Right. And they said, hey, man, we want you guys to do this. You know, we get you guys uh, get you a half a million to do this podcast. We'd be like, great. But one, you're not going to own anything we do. And two, you're not telling us who we can have or not have. If you're going to do that, we'll just do it for fucking free. Yeah, I think integrity is in, is, is super important. Yeah. You, you realize, like, you know, like I said, I'm working on this documentary um, about the group Second to None. <clears throat> and you realize, like, 
how differently people's careers can go based off of them either having integrity or not having integrity. Exactly. So there's a lot of famous people or a lot of people that have a lot of money, but they have no respect from their peers. Um, but they do have a lot of money in a bank. Right. But there's certain people that can't really, there's certain people in Bakersfield that don't have as much respect from their peers, but they may have a super successful whatever. Right. You know, they, they may have a, they may be a successful athlete, whatever the case may be. But from the people or the conversations that we have, there'll be people like, oh, that dude is, he kind of weird, like, you know, right. or he, I, I hit him up for this or he hit me up for this. But after a while, he just cut me off for no reason. You know, right. So there's those are the type of people. But the type of people like Lucas, Lucas Gage are, are those those are going to be the people that they just move with integrity. They just mm-hmm. hardworking people and they always going to be solid amongst their peers. Exactly. I'm going to tell you something else, too. When you have integrity, things move for you very slowly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you're yeah. not willing to do the trendy things to get you ahead. Yep. This is what I know. I'm going to just talk my shit right here. Me and Keith have been doing this podcast over two plus years. Right. And there may be some people offended. I don't care. This is the best fucking podcast in all of Kern County. This podcast is the number one podcast based on the fact we don't lollygag. We don't bullshit. We are transparent. And we we actually do a podcast. Yeah, we actually do one. We're the most (laughs) consistent. We've done it every week for over two years. Okay. Now, there's going to be a lot of people or peers that may not respect the the, the, the artwork that we do, but it doesn't matter because this is going to be a huge fucking podcast in the next coming years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. But uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the thing about it is it's a slow grind. It's going to take a while. Yeah. When you move with integrity, when you're not when you're not out here trying to do uh, shit for attention, right? You know, the people that have caught the wind of this podcast, that love it, I appreciate you guys. Everyone who takes time to listen every week, we love you guys. You just thinking about this guy's career right that even even michael b jordan has said something similar right a a lot of times when actors like if you get a he's on the show euphoria which is like a a hit show a lot of times those guys have to battle like the like from an integrity standpoint do i want to do this like little stupid role on whatever tv show or do i want to do something that actually has substance there you go So a lot of times like they pass up on a bunch of roles because you know, and it may it may pay, and I think what was it Matthew McConaughey? Matthew McConaughey did. He, he passed talked up. About, he yeah. talked about that and how they kept doubling back with more and more yeah, money. But he's like, nah, "No, I'm tired of doing these kind of movies." Yeah. So that's that's the thing that happens with actors, and I just feel like it's, and like I said, I'm working on this documentary, so I'm meeting a bunch of rappers and stuff from the '90s, and I'm starting to realize like, um, like that perception. And it's not even a perception that they put on. It's a perception that we put on celebrities. There you go. There's a lot of famous people that are just living regular lifestyles now. And I think it's what I want to just let people know is that it's not, that's not the case. There are a lot of people. Yeah. I've seen someone, and I don't want to say any names, but I've seen someone with 1.2 million followers. And he lives in a one-bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? And not to say that he you know, he should be a millionaire. He should be super whatever. But that's just the perception that we have as Mm -hmm. human beings. Like, oh, a million followers equals a million dollars. But that's not real. So, yeah. A million followers equals perception. Yeah. That's it. That Why do you think I never want to make myself look more important or more interesting than I really am? Yeah. And the reason why I don't ever want to do that 
is because when you go out in the world, people are going to hold you to that. Mm -hmm. Right. And they should. If you're putting out something that is not consistent with who you are, then expect the scrutiny. This is pretty much that's what you that's what's going to fucking happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in regards to like Michael B. Jordan or whoever else not taking certain roles, it's because they don't want to compromise themselves. Yeah. I don't I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. That's what that's why I just said right now, like companies like Spotify, the whole issue with, with uh, Joe Budden and whatnot, why they left. It's because they were not willing to compromise themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm 100 percent backing Joe Budden and why he fucking left. Yeah, because for one, you want to own Everything Joe Budden does. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why do you think you're entitled to own all kinds of stuff? That's not cool. Mm-hmm. That I mean, why would you? I don't want to compare this to, to like digital slavery or whatever, but mm-hmm. in a way it kind of is. Why should if, if I love doing this and this is something I love to do as a creator, why should you have your fucking hands in my pocket? That shit ain't cool. You know, but there's somebody else that will give up the the intellectual properties like if go fuck with them. You know, but yeah. the, the model's changing, man. Nobody's trying to do that shit anymore. Yeah, I, I think people are waking up because um, yeah. there's just just so many examples of right. people that um, they make the biggest hits in the world, or even even in uh, not necessarily in music in in the podcast space in yeah. freaking TV shows. There's somebody that yeah. there's somebody that like Nick Cannon. Created yeah. Wildin' Out and got fired from his own show. Yeah, that's what happens when you don't own your shit. Yeah. So they, it's just stuff. It's tough. TLC now. made a song called No Scrubs and they was broke. And they, was, and they were scrubs. No, I don't want no scrubs because I'm a scrub. Exactly. <laughs> a scrub is a guy that is exactly no no here it is here it is a scrub is a guy that is exactly just like me. <laughs> yeah in the movie yeah. in the movie they had well, like two platinum albums yeah um and they were pulling up to different uh clubs and stuff in rav fours yeah dude they had bad deals they had terrible deals they had terrible deals that paid them nothing they made a song called no scrubs while not making more money than a scrub mm-hmm. it's sad man yeah. but this is what happens when you compromise yourself um yeah yeah it sucks yeah, yeah. I, I had just watched that movie actually. Really? Shout yeah. out to TLC, man. Yeah, after we just disrespected him. <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy part watching that movie, sometimes you like, we have sometimes we have short term memory, right. and a lot of times we are. Um, I think we're we're pretty dismissive of our legends, and mm. you know that's something that I've been on this kind of more so in this in this year, just kind of like learning to appreciate people that have right. come before us or paved the way. Right. And uh, I watched the movie and I was just like, yo, this is like, they had so many hits, yeah. you know what I mean? And they did a lot as far as like writing and they were, you know, pretty original as far as like, you know, a girl, a female group with a rapper in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was crazy, but they had so many hits, man. They so, did, bro. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what's it? A, a left eye. You know? mm-hmm. At least a, a left eye. T-Boss, Chili. T-Boss, Chili. Um, yep. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. They she freaking burnt down her her husband's Matt, house. That guy uh, Andre Rising. Yeah, Andre Rising. Yeah, that's crazy. He took her back after that. He did. Yeah, he took her back. They got back together after she burned his house down. That's wild. Must have been some good pussy, man. Hey, so burn your house down, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I can't believe you burned my house down. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that's terrible, man. Yeah. Right. Rest well, in peace. Uh, rest, in, uh, rest in peace to Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Yeah. Legend. Legend. Yes, sir. Switching gears. Uh, playing not to lose. Um, me and Keith talked about this. He actually brought it up. 
it's basically people that say things like stack your bread, save your money for a rainy day, you know, mm-hmm. things of that save nature. Save your money, it'll save you. Save your money, it'll save you. I think it's important to save money, but I think it's I think two things could be true. I think doing things to be safe is fine, but you also need to take calculated risk because taking a calculated risk will propel you way further than just playing it safe. Yes. I think that what happens is it's kind of like a, a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. Uh-huh. So scarcity is basically, you know, hey, I'm gonna say this money, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm just scarcity gonna... is people at Walmart buying toilet paper. Yes, mm-hmm. that's scarcity and self preservation. Mm-hmm. People immediately resort to self preservation yeah. when they feel like, ooh, the, the, the fucking pandemic, the COVID nineteen is gonna trap us in our house. We gotta get toilet paper. It's like, dude, yeah. you worry about the wrong fucking shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention, you go buy the condoms, it's fully stocked. <laughs> it's like, you guys, it's crazy how you're more scared of COVID-19 than COVID-69. COVID-69. You get COVID-69 <laughs> on your dick, it's over with. Once you get COVID-69 on your dick, it's, it's over. It's over, yeah. <laughs> hey, some people keep spreading it, though. Yeah, man, motherfuckers scared more about, uh, uh, scared more about COVID-19 than STDs. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, I got off track. Um. Mm. Yeah, you're basically playing not to lose. It's not good. You have to take what people don't tell you is you have to take a calculated risk in order to propel you further. Yes. Now, go ahead. I say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I don't want to use myself, but I'm going to have to. Now, prior to trucking, I didn't make a whole lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, you know what? I'm, I need to change my circumstances. I know that trucking is a good industry. It's busy. You know, things are moving around. And I knew someone that had been trucking for a while. So I went and got my CDL. And it, and it took me places that I never thought I would go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it's a very fucking dangerous job. It is very dangerous to haul gasoline. But the benefits I've gotten is I've created um, a better better way of living for myself mm-hmm. by by going and taking that calculated risk. Yeah. Had I never done that and I listened to everybody, don't be a truck driver. It's too dangerous. Why are you hauling gasoline? You can kill yourself. Well, I can also die from not challenging my fucking self. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just challenge myself to create a better situation for myself, you know, in the meantime, because I'm not going to be a trucker my whole life. My, my objective is to go into media. So I'm using truck driving as a stepping stone to something else. So yeah. I'm not afraid to put myself out there because I know that's what it's going to fucking take for me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got this idea from. uh from Rich Dad Poor Dad, I have been listening. Mm-hmm. I just finished it today, actually, but I have been listening to the audio book. Um, and a lot of the ideas were things that I knew already, but it mm-hmm. was it was cool to to hear them in a like a, a tight knit book. You yeah, know what I mean? stuff about investing and owning businesses and stuff like that. So all that stuff was important. Um, but one of those, like I said, one of the things that stuck out to me was this idea of like playing not to lose. Yeah. And uh, the example I was giving Eddie on the phone was, um, you know, when the Atlanta and the Patriots were in the Super Bowl and uh, Atlanta was up by I don't remember the score, but they were up by like three touchdowns And the whole rest of the game. They were playing like just very timid, like running the ball a lot, short throws. They weren't playing to score touchdowns. And Tom Brady being Tom Brady, he just walked them down. You know what I mean? And then the Patriots ended up winning. So I say that to say, like, a lot of people are playing life like that. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are, they're saving their money and not investing in it 
investing their money to grow into something right. else. And um, you gave that example of having like $20,000 to your name, but not willing to invest 15000 of that. For the um, opportunity to make $2 million. To, Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think that's what a lot of people are doing. And it's it's something we've been conditioned to do because yeah. a lot of the, the cliches and the term or the, you know, the phrases and stuff that we hear a lot is, hey, save your money or mm-hmm. make sure you do this or make sure you do that. But in reality, that's the people that are telling you that aren't financially successful people. There you go. So that's why we have to be mindful of the things that those people are saying. And and even myself, as as much as I am aware of these things, I do it to a certain extent too. Like um, I have this thing that I'm working on and um, I talked to somebody and it was like, it's going to cost this much to get it made. And I was like, ah, like I literally have the money, but at the same time, like that whole that like you said, a scarcity mindset is like, uh, like, you know, like maybe I should wait to stack a little bit more money. But yeah. the time to act is now. If you got it, if it's a calculated risk and you know the potential of that investment or what that investment can be, you gotta hop on it. Yes, definitely do. One hundred percent. And the thing about it too, man, is if you're gonna live in a world where you're basically gonna play it safe, you're gonna stagnate. Yeah. If you wanna be if you wanna stagnate, then that's the quickest way to do it is to just keep doing the same exact things. You shouldn't even expect your life to get better. Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to go into a topic that kind of goes off of this. But if you're not willing to do more, then you shouldn't expect more. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If you want better then become a better person, I think that the concept is very simple. Uh-huh. But for some reason, we think that we could keep doing the same exact things and and for somehow like you're gonna get rich yeah. automatically. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I that's true. I don't care what these fucking commercials at two AM, I don't care what they tell you, <laughs> right? Do you wanna be financially free? Yeah. Are you tired of going to your nine to five job? Yeah. Call one eight hundred nine 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 seven eight seven seven four. It's like motherfucker. That's not how you get rich. That's yeah. how they get rich on TV. They're using your dumb ass to pay for them, mm-hmm. and you're sitting there still working your nine to five job. Yeah, yeah. There was so many gems in that book, but it it was uh, it's one of those things. I just I would oh, what I was gonna say is that to go along with that. I think a lot of people don't spend enough on educating themselves. Yes. Like sometimes it gave an example in a book about like uh, basically he wanted to take like this real estate class or something right. like that. And he was telling his friend about it and his friend or it might have been an uncle or friend or whatever, but he was telling his friend about it. And they were like, um, you're going to spend five hundred dollars on that. That's expensive. <sighs> but it's like that same mindset, like. I'm spending $500 on this so I can learn the information that I need to, to make a million dollars or $2 million. But a lot of people are scared to spend that five, you know, that $500 on their education and not necessarily formal education, just education in general. Um, but the people that are willing to spend that money, or even if you're, even if you're willing to buy a book that's like $30 or something on, on real estate or stock market or whatever, yes, that, that, um, that's almost a deal. Yeah. Five if you if you spend five hundred dollars to make a million dollars in real estate, right. they should have charged you maybe five hundred thousand dollars for that book. Exactly. You know what I mean? So Yeah, there's a guy I used to follow until he lost his mind, but there's a guy I used to follow on YouTube named Elliot Hulse. Uh-huh. And he was a personal trainer. And instead of going the traditional route, you know, going to college and you know, getting the kinesiology degree because that was my major before I dropped out of college uh, kinesiology yeah um and 
he basically bought a bunch of books. Uh-huh. He bought a shitload of books that allowed him to get these certifications. Mm-hmm. It was a very untraditional way to do it, but he did that. Mm-hmm. But he basically paid to get information. He paid to go to seminars and do these things, and he was able to develop and create a really successful business. Mm-hmm. But that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Because he could have said, if I buy the books, I'm never going to retain it as if I went to school. So what's the point of buying them? Yeah. But he took the fucking risk. That's the important thing. Yeah. You got to take a risk. I don't, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this podcast, yeah, we fuck around on here and crack jokes and shit, but we will not allow you to sit back and just let life determine where you're going to go. You got to fucking man up and woman up. Yeah. You got to gear up, man, because life is very unforgiving. If you sit back and you do not challenge yourself don't expect shit yeah ain't nothing gonna come your way one thing i will say too is that when when you spend that say you have you have uh twenty thousand to your name you spend 15 you're going to be more dedicated to making that money work for you than if you just have money sitting around 100 that 15 dollars is gonna i mean fifteen thousand dollars is gonna put so much pressure on you (laughs) That you're gonna have to make it work. It's like yeah. a get rich or die trying mindset. Yeah, so. one hundred percent, man. Mm-hmm. So if you took anything from this conversation, you know, uh, bet on yourself. And sometimes you're gonna fucking lose, but it's better to lose than to never had tried. Because if you lose, you learn how to win through losing. Yeah, that's how you learn how to win. You just don't fucking win. Yeah, it ain't about the highlights. Mm-hmm. You learn more from the lowlights. Yeah. That's where you fucking win. Mm-hmm. All right, switching gears. Um, become a better person before you expect better things. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I was thinking about this one day, this is a very simple fucking concept. Become a better person before you expect better things for this reason. It's a lot of people out there, men and women, men saying things and women saying things. Women like, oh, I want a man with abs. He got to have a flat stomach. He got to look good while you sit there with a gut. Mm-hmm. Black be a dude like, yeah, she got to have a flat stomach and a big booty while you sitting there with a big stomach and a small dick. <laughs> why, do you, why do you think that you deserve something when you don't have it? Yeah. Right. We live in this. We live in such a fictional fucking world in our minds where our standards have been generated or created by fiction. Mm-hmm. It's not even real. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that your standards should come from you. Mm-hmm. You should you should obtain what you expect from others. Yeah. But no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll be some girl like he need to be able to get me a Birkin bag, but you can't even afford one. What the fuck you want a Birkin bag for if you can't yeah. fucking afford it? That's my expensive too. They're expensive for a dumbass bag. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you was a grown woman, you'd be like, you know what? I need to invest in like a rental property or some yeah. shit like that. But you want a bag for what? For status? Yeah. And people don't even know what that is. Yeah, they don't know Could what you it imagine is. spending $40,000 on something and when somebody sees it, they they can't even appreciate it because yeah. they don't know what it is. It looks like it's some fucking TJ Maxx anyways. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about that bag. Or the Garmin District. Yeah, ridiculous, yeah. man. You could have got that from somebody selling it in, 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 in L.A. on the corner. Yeah. You know yeah. how they be selling fruit and then bags and flowers? Yeah. You could have yeah. got a bag right there. Yeah. yeah. Dumbass. Well, look. Mm-hmm. That's just one example. Another example is, is not only you know from uh, the dating aspect, but 
Well, actually, I'll stay there. It'll be a dude, right? Like, man, I'm tired of these girls, man. They just lie. And all they do is play games, this and that. You know, I'm just tired of them, man. But and they'd be like, I want a real woman. Right. But you're an alcoholic. How about you figure your shit out and stop being a drunk first? Because what are you going to do? You're going to get a good woman and ruin her life. Mm hmm. <laughs> you're going to bring her down to your level because you got a problem drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. How about you fix yourself? Yeah. The goal as a man or as an adult or as a human being should be you improve yourself enough to where your standards become realistic in others. Let me yeah. say that again. Work on yourself enough to you, to where your standards are realistic for uh, towards others. Excuse me. I got kind of lost in the yeah. sauce for a second. Mm-hmm. But I just think that's our problem, man. Yeah. We, we, we want what we don't fucking have. Have you ever um, known a guy like I know some certain people, they'll be like, uh, they'll be like, um, like, bruh, they'll hit you up. It'll be, you know, whatever, 10, 12, 10 p.m. or something like that. They hit you up and they'll be like, hey, man, like Stacy is cheating on me. And then obviously that's a sad situation. 100%. But then you kind of you double back and you get more information about the situation. They'll be like, yeah, like. You know, I cheated on her a while back, like, but nigga. she didn't. She didn't know. But like, you know, it just sucks, man. Like, I, I just she cheated on me, man. And it's like, bro, like that, like exactly like you said. Yeah. Like, you have to be the person that you yes. want in a relationship. Yes. So if you're cheating, and even if it was one time, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? You still did that act, and it's almost like a karma situation. Yes. Like you're, get, you're getting what what you deserve. Like I've seen many a times where people would be would be. religious cheaters yeah um or habitual cheaters and then their girl they catch their girl talking to someone it's the end of the world right they throwing their clothes out like you get the heck out of my house and all these kind of things yeah if you are not the standard you have no right to expect someone else to be the standard Mm -hmm. or the whatever Mm -hmm. because you it doesn't exist in you yeah it's not even real for you Mm -hmm. this is what kills me man we just it, and this is what makes it so difficult to not only date out in the world, but even from a business aspect, you go if you start a business with someone, they're going to be expecting more shit from you than, than they even expect from themselves. Mm-hmm. I would never expect anything from Keith that I can't expect from myself. Yeah. And if he could do something that I can't, then I I realize that that's a situation and we have a conversation. And I could do something comparable that's different than what he does. Mm-hmm. So it's an equal partnership with me and Keith. Mm-hmm. It's not Keith doing more than me or me doing more than him. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem is, is, is this this shit exists everywhere, and if you're not self aware, you're gonna be out in the world expecting shit from people that you can't even fucking do. Yeah, it happens a lot. I see it, um, especially in the in the world we're in. Right, we we're around a lot of up and coming people, yeah. whether they're in uh, music videos or acting, comedy, yeah. all these things. And what happens is there's certain aspects of what we do that are specialized. Yes. Like, you know, whether recording or shooting or video or videotaping these different these different things. Yeah. And there's only a handful of people that we know ourselves that can do these kind of things. Right. Yeah. So what happens is there's these people that may be the, the at the forefront of these different jobs or these different um, these different pieces of content. And what starts to happen is the person that's at the forefront of it or the quote unquote boss, 
they start to talk down on the person that's doing the real, like the real, real work. work. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, that type of stuff rubs me the wrong way. But the only reason it's so annoying to me is because that person is putting expectations on someone else that they can't actually do for there themselves. There you go. If, if for me, if we have some sort of like, if I have someone working for me and then I'm, you know, I'm compensating them financially and stuff like yeah. that and they're taking three days to put up our podcast, oh, then no. I'm on your head. Like, hey, it doesn't take that long to no, do it. it you should, yeah. All you have to do is do this, do this, do this, boom, and you could do it. Mm-hmm. Because I was doing it myself, there or we go. were doing it ourselves right after the podcast. There we, you go. We, we, you know, we upload it right after yes. we leave. So that's the kind of, like, it's, expectations are okay. Or even if you're in a relationship. If you're in a relationship yes. and you're... Uh, Maybe it's like just cleaning up, you know what I mean? Your your partner is not cleaning up. And you're like, hey, I wash the dishes every day. I do the laundry and stuff like that. You need yeah. to pick up around here. There you go. It's different if it's like you coming home and then you're like, hey, like, why aren't you ever, why aren't you feeding me dinner? Or why aren't you washing, yeah. why aren't you mopping the floors? It's like, you're yeah. not doing that stuff either. Right. So you can't have those expectations for someone else. It happens, man. Mm-hmm. Like, my thing is too, man, um... In in regards to relationships, dude, I don't expect women to do anything for me. It yeah. doesn't matter if I'm engaged or if I get married, whatever. I just don't have those expectations because I could do it myself. When yeah. it comes to cooking, yeah, like I could outcook most women. Be honest, yeah, I got skills. So if These you don't, women in 2020 don't be knowing how to cook, bro. Yeah, man, they be in there fucking up toast. Yeah, be like burning hey. water. Like <laughs> you fucked the noodles up. <laughs> it's in a cup already. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't have a bunch of expectations. You know, my only expectation is just—I mean, just fucking love me. You yeah. know, what I mean, that's—I mean, that's all anyone really needs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think you—you you shouldn't put expectations on people you can't. And it's what's weird too is when you think about it, like. Um, you see a lot of like, I guess, male bashing too. It's really popular on social networks. Yeah. Like these men just trash or they this or they that or blah, blah, blah. You always, male bashing is like a huge part of, of, um, uh, a woman's culture. I've noticed. Right. But here's the problem. If women took time to also look at themselves and say, you're complaining about men that you are their equal, right? Most of the times, Mm -hmm. or you are dating beneath the energy you're on. So at the end of the day, you can't have expectations of something that you don't even have. Any, I think that you, like I've said before, I don't want to keep beating the same point over. When you work yourself up to a certain level, there is certain energy that you don't even acknowledge. The fact that you are acknowledging it is based on the fact that you, the man, I didn't totally had a brain fart. The <laughs> reason why you're acknowledging is because you're not really on the level, but you expect it from other people. Yeah. You're not on that level as a woman yet, but you expect it from a dude. You're just projecting. Exactly. Like you're you projecting. want that for yourself, but you don't actually yeah. have that quality. You yeah. out here serial dating, hiding numbers and shit, yeah. and then you expect to have a good man come out of nowhere? Yeah. Yeah, fucking right. Ain't nobody trying to settle down with your dumb ass. Yeah. Like, come on, man. It's just like you mentioned the dude earlier, the dude that cheated, and he was like, uh, yeah. man, I can't believe she cheated on me, man. I cheated a long time ago behind her back. But yeah, man, I can't believe it. It's just people are that dumb. Yeah. Stop. The, the the number one thing you need to understand is stop being dumb. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, you know, as far as that, I think that um, when you on the up and up and you doing everything you supposed to do and then that that person is not meeting your expectations, you're going to feel much more comfortable 
whether you break up or whether you end the friendship yeah. or the partnership or the business relationship whatever or whatever, you're going to feel much more comfortable just cutting it off there. Yeah. And then you're not going to have to rely on anyone. 100%. You're going to be, if you're, if you're a person that's, you, you, maybe you do skits and you once had a person filming it for you. And then that person was like taking forever to do the edits or whatever. Yes. And you be like, man, I don't, I don't need them. I'm mm-hmm. gonna set up my phone right here. I'm gonna record it mm-hmm. and I'm gonna edit it on my phone and I'm gonna post it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that's the type of thing. Like, I think more than anything, like being self sufficient, but but understanding that like what you're expecting out of certain people, you have to be able to, or you have to be able to do do that yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. Blast had a had a flow that kind of stuck out to me. Blast yeah. had the song. Um, he said something like, I could be sitting around waiting on niggas. That's not what a hustler do. Yeah. And I was like, that shit yeah. stuck out. It's mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. If you took anything from this, man, um, if you want, look, become a better person before you expect better things. Bottom line. Because you will be more deserving of those things if you have become a better person. Is it? I mean, it's not a fucking hard concept to grasp. Yeah, that I think that not to make it too long, but I think that's yeah. like a discovery that I probably had like 22, 23 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, these motherfuckers are always again. out there. Yeah, I think like after high school when I was like 18 years old, Jesus Christ had dreads. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ hates your podcast. Stop doing it. <laughs> in and out Burger. Oh, man. Doggy style fries. <laughs> Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, man. Go ahead, man. Kamala Harris is thick. <laughs> Yo, Kamala Harris got a body, bro. I did not realize she had body like that. <laughs> I think I seen it and then fucking Andrew Schultz pointed it out. And yeah. I was like, fuck, he wasn't lying, dude. She be working out still, too. Yeah, she be working yeah. it all right. <laughs> Shout out to Kamala, man. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, what I was going to say, as I was saying, like, when uh, when I was like 18, I felt like you, you at that point, you're probably going to school for like 14 years of your life straight. Yeah. So it's you almost exhausted. Like it's the end of my, you know, schooling that I have to go to. So you kind of have a little what they call like a senioritis. So hmm. I feel like I carried a lot of that momentum into into yeah. not necessarily into um school, into school also, but just in life in general. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't actually um going after the things that I, I really wanted to do. But I had a shift like right around like 23, 22, 23 years old um when i was like yo like when if you really want something mm-hmm. it can't just be lip service it can't just yes. be like hey you talk about it because what happens is you start to see examples of people becoming successful yes. that are your peers and you like oh snap they're not necessarily more talented or smarter or anything they're just actually they're actively doing it and they're doing it consistently yeah. so that was like the shift in my mindset where i was like i can do literally anything that i want to do i just have to put my mind to it 100%. and i have to work diligently at it so yeah. that's like from 23 or 24 to 28 years old that's been my journey now like yeah. I'm, I'm hitting everything full force yeah i'm hitting everything 
Yeah. Everybody's mama, everybody getting hit. And, and uh, <laughs> animal staff. Animal staff. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. A hundred percent. I think uh what Charlemagne says, uh prove yourself or basically through uh through actions and deeds, not lip service. Yeah. And, and it's the truth. I that's why think, that's a terrible name for a podcast. What, lip service? Yeah. I'm just playing. That's it. Angela Yee's <laughs> <laughs> Angela podcast is so nasty, bro. Yeah. As soon as you turn it on, they'd be like, So, um, have you ever tried anal? Bruh. You'd be like, <laughs> Damn, Angela, fuck. Be like, this week on lip service, we just had Barack Obama on there, and then he'd just be like, America, my favorite position is doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle throws that ass back. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle loves it when I I I put my finger in her ass. She 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 <laughs> she, love, she loves loves that a lot. Oh dang, that'd be a crazy episode. You yeah, have Barack on lip service, dude. That would be wild. Oh my god. So Barack, everyone wants to know here, how big is your penis? What? <laughs> well, well, in my in my day, I I I've been known to really break a vagina. <laughs> He's like, uh, before Cardi B had WAP, Michelle Obama had WAP. <laughs> oh, man. We went all off the topic. All right. Well, uh, switching gears. Um, yeah. We got asked a few questions, um, and we're going to go ahead and respond to those. One of the questions was, do you and Keith hang out, or do you only meet up during the podcast? Now, that's a good question. In um, reality, I don't like this nigga. I'm just playing. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing with me and Keith, man, our relationship goes way back. Uh, me and his older brother are best friends, and I've known Keith since he was a little kid, man. So yeah. we have a like a brother-type relationship. Um, yeah. As far as hanging out, I don't have a lot of time. Keith doesn't either. But when we do hang out, it's usually we're, we're doing or creating something, whether we're going to L.A. to... Um, uh, check out something that is helping the podcast or mm-hmm. whatever the case. Usually, when me and Keith are around, it's productive. We don't just sit around and not really do anything. Yeah. Um, and and it has nothing to do with like Keith using me or me using him. It's just that that's just the way our life started turning out. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I enjoy his company. You know, I'm, I, and I would hope he enjoys mine. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's our relationship, and it's it's going to grow to the point to where. When I'm done with trucking here, hopefully within a few years, um, and I'm doing this full time, me and Keith will be around each other even more, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And there'll probably be some more time to hang out. But it's just what happens is, is when you start loving what you do, your work becomes your playtime, right? Shout out to Gambino. Shout out to Gambino for that bar. <clears throat> but it becomes your playtime where mm-hmm. when you're creating things, me and Keith have fucking fun doing this podcast. This is so fun. The conversations get so wild or mm-hmm. I learn things from Keith every week. And I'm sure he probably learned some things from me. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's that's, you know, our relationship, especially now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's really cool. So, yeah. Um, shout out to Keith, man. Yeah. Shout out to Eddie. Um, I think the same sort of thing. Like before the podcast started, we would kick it all the time. Yeah. Watch, watch the Niner games and I was getting their ass whipped every year. <laughs> <laughs> This nigga Eddie would be perturbed in the crib. He's so fucking mad. God damn it, Alex Smith. God. Get his ass out of here. You got to watch a game with Eddie. He would be laughing. He'd be so, I'd be so fucking pissed. Oh, my God. It'd be oh, so many man. years of just terrible football. Oh, man. Uh, 
but yeah, we kick it all the time. But now, like like EC said, um, we do a podcast now. So that time that we normally had spent watching watching the game or watching a fight or something like that, now we spend that creating content and it's equally as fun. So, but then it's also we're actually working towards someone. A hundred percent. Sort working something. towards something. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but I, that's for all of my relationships, really. That's true. Outside of my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the the time that I spend with, like if I spend it with my, my boy Chris or Tree, we're either creating content or mm-hmm. working on music or something like that. If I'm, if I'm with DJ or Kyrie, like we're working on a skit, we're shooting thir- Throwback Thursday videos. Um, and, you know, most of my, like some of my friends, there is like a little bit of leisure time in there, but mm-hmm. I don't see them as much just because I work so often. Right. It's unfortunate, um, but that's just the way that but that's life kinda, is right now. That's kind of how what happens when you're a grown man, though. Like yeah. if you if you're busy and, you, and you're busy trying to chase this thing or this goal, yeah. you spend most of your time doing that. And if you got a girl, you spend not I'm not saying you're wasting your time with, with your girl or your wife, but yeah. those are the times more or less where you are occupying time to spend time with her. Yeah. You know, you can't just be like, hey, I'm going with uh, so and so, so and so to the movie to the movies for no reason. Yeah, it's like that shit could be spent either. Could do that with your girl. With your girl. Yeah. yeah, man, you really don't need to be doing all that. Yeah, but it all depends. If you do got some, and here's the thing. Let's say me and Keith, like, hey, let's. Uh, you want to catch this film, this movie? We turn it into content for the fucking podcast. Yeah. We anytime we've caught movies, we've used the movie as content for the podcast. So it was still us using that as like, I guess, a resource. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just, you know, pretty much how it is. But that's what happens when you become very goal oriented. Mm-hmm. You more or less will take things and use them to assist what you're already doing. Yeah. You, you almost become consumed by this this journey. Right. That's what I find myself. I'm either um, my life is consumed with like this film that I'm working on and then also like this podcast. Right. Um, so what happens is if I'm not thinking about the movie or, you know, what ways I can make the film better. I'm thinking about the podcast. If I'm scrolling through Twitter or whatever, I'm thinking about the podcast. I'll shoot Eddie a a message or Instagram or whatever like that. So that's just like, and, but the thing about it is that's what makes me happy. And I think that's the same, same for Eddie. You know, if he found, if, if he found, find happiness in those relationships and those, um, and the things that you're doing, then, then you're winning. Like yeah, you don't it, have to hang out. There, there you go. More importantly, if you find happiness in the things you're doing, right? And let's say you get into a relationship, you're not using that person as a source of happiness. Facts. You already are bringing happiness to the table. There's a huge difference, folks. There, that, that that's one thing, and maybe we'll have a, maybe we should put that down as a topic for maybe next week or something. Mm-hmm. Like people not finding their own happiness. Yeah, because a lot of important. people are getting into relationships hoping that that person will make them happy. Exactly, and it's like um, no one else can do that for you. It goes right back to what the fuck we just talked about uh-huh. is is you having an expectation from for, of something that, that you don't have doing, yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the facts. world. That is yeah. a large percent of the world. Mm-hmm. They have this expectation and they don't fucking have it. Yeah. It's like, I want a man to make me happy. It was like, well, you should have done that your fucking self. Yeah. You know? I found, I found what makes me happy prior to anything. Right. So this podcast and filming and all, like I just had 
like that, like I was saying, that 22 to 24, 25, 26 range, that's mm-hmm. when I started to like start dialing in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when you start. And then, and then the, the thing is, is in that journey, like me, I started, I say I started really start dialing in late 20s, like 29. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a late bloomer, you know, mm-hmm. but you start going on this journey to become your higher self. Mm-hmm. I feel like I still haven't reached that, but I'm I'm getting there and I'm working on your myself. Your mind is there. My mind is there. Mm-hmm. I just have to do the things to, you know, to get me there. Yeah. I still got work to do. I'm it's, it's kind of like what they say about like the lottery people. Right. Like the, they don't ever expect to win. Right. So when they do get the money, they, they're still stuck in the, yeah. when they got $50. You're still and broke. They, yeah. But if I win the lottery, I'm already rich. Yeah, so you've it's been like, rich. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna spend it on this. I'm gonna mm-hmm. invest on this. Invest on this. Yep. Right there, you go, man. That's a great example. I'm gonna still have a part, a small apartment, tiny apartment with the TV in the background too. Uh, man, yeah. tell you something. I don't care about looking rich. I'm, I'm the type of motherfucker. If I make two, three million dollars, I don't want you to know that I have that. Yeah. I'd rather invest my money in rental properties and. Uh, things that are going to make me money mm-hmm. and then just fucking chill, do yeah. this podcast and live my the rest of my life doing exactly what the fuck I want to do, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but yeah, there's that. Um, we had another question. Uh, we obviously leave these people anonymous. We don't say any names, but this is, uh, this is a pretty deep one. All right. Um, basically it, this is what it says. Um, so you guys, you guys previously talked about when a man imprints on a woman negatively enough for her to eventually reflect that into future relationships. So for me, it's the opposite. Um, I've mine. I've been to therapy for this already after he passed away. Uh, and I know you're not a therapist, but I just want to hear your thoughts on it. I've been in extremely toxic relationships before, which I walked away from. When my fiance came along, he treated me like a queen. He set the bar so high that when he passed away, I told myself I would never be able to find anyone who treated me as good as him. Uh, People have told me that I have to move forward. And even a therapist told me the same thing. But it's still stuck in my head that I will never find anyone as good as him. He he left a positive imprint in my life. But now any man who has tried to date me, uh, I have compared to my fiance. Uh, they have told me time heals everything, but I feel like, like I'll never be able to overcome that hurdle. Yeah, that's tough. Um, yeah, my response to that is, is you will never find another him because there's only one him. Yeah, right. There's only going to be one person, and you know, um, condolences to him yeah. by the way. Um, but I think that what you would get from this podcast too is some of the things we talked about, whether the people waiting in line for 14 hours for a hamburger or the people that um, won't become a better person before they expect better things. We live in a, I think we live in this 70% of the world. I think they have no fucking idea or direction of where they're going. I think there's a small 30% of people in the world who have done the work on themselves. Um, and I think that a lot of times we can only find one partner or one person in our lives that are the best for us. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like a downer, but even in my situation, I may never be married. I've already accepted this, you know, Um, and it's just basically because the way the world operates. I think that it's a it's a blessing that you were able to find a man that treated you with the respect that you deserved. But in order to replace him, I don't think that will happen. I think that what will happen is if you do come across it, you will have to be able to realize that 
you're going to have to accept a whole new thing. You know, this may not be the exact same thing as what you had, but you may have to try to find the best in it. Yeah. Because I really, truly believe that there might be one person that loves us in such a unique way that we'll never have that back. Like you look at like Lauren London and Nipsey Hussle. I don't really know what man could just replace somebody like that. I don't know him personally or anything, but just the connection that you have with people like that. You yeah. know, I think about my homeboy that that passed away a few years ago and I look at his wife or, mm-hmm. you know, his wife or kids now and he's passed on. I'm just thinking like, man, he was a real good man. Like yeah. he was a provider. Uh, he was a great father. And it's like, yo, like think about how many lame men that exist in this world that are not going to be able to wear those big shoes. Yeah. And there's more of them than good men. Yeah. Period. Yeah. That's a lot of trash yeah. individuals out there. Yeah. I think I think for that situation, it it is tough because like you said, you only come across um a solid person once or twice. That's it. You may have, you know, if you if you passed up on that person early on in life, you may have another person come around 5 or 6 years later. Um, that may be uh, like, you know, comparable to the person that you ended up, you know, falling in love with or treating you, you know, how you should be treated, treating you like a queen. But I think and it's unfortunate to say, but I think um, sometimes we have to come to terms with this idea that we may not be able to find that perfect person. Um, And it's sad to say, but that's just a situation. So um, if there's like this physical um, void that you're trying to fill, maybe you might need to lean into finding that person that can fill that void. Right. Until or maybe not, you know, a person comes around. But I think like you were saying, as far as like there's some there's some great people in life and, yes. you know, they don't necessarily have to be famous. They could just be person, a person that's a great father or a great husband or a great fiance. And they're almost irreplaceable. Um, a yeah. guy like Kobe Bryant, you know, in terms of his relationship, he, he cheated on his wife and he, you know, maybe he dedicated almost, you know, too much time to basketball. But when he passed away, that void that he left is not no one who can fill that void. Like not even from a uh, success standpoint, but just like, you know, going to freaking basketball games with his daughter and taking his daughter to see Trey Young play basketball and all these kind of things are like allowing his daughter to meet certain people that he has connections with and probably work out with, you know, certain people or, you know, just the the way he impacted certain people's lives. Like that's that's one of those things. It's it's not going to be like who who can Vanessa Bryant right you know get in a relationship to to be that that right. type of person and even if they are successful in their own right these people are one of ones like Nipsey is a one of one so so it's it's one of those things where um we either have to or you as a person you either have to lower your expectations which right. is is difficult to say because you know the the person your fiance set the bar so high or you just have to come to terms with this idea that they're, they're not replaceable. Um, and you want to basically get out of comparing yes. these people to your fiance. Yeah. Because what can happen is that they're never going to be able to. Nobody's going to be good enough. No, no, no one's going to be able to, to do that. But what I will say also is that one thing that um, I guess one thing that helps 
stress levels, and we talked about this when we talked about the social media, the social dilemma, is sometimes visual or auditory reminders of certain things can can cause stress and anxiety and depression. So I would suggest for you that it's still fresh. So, you know, you have to fill these things out. And, you know, I'm not saying like that you should get over it. Like, it's you know, it's been three years. I'm not saying that three years is not even that long, long of a time. But what I will say is you have to start weaning yourself off of the things that are reminding you of your relationship. 100%. I I don't want you to forget your fiance because that's a part of your history. But I will say if you got pictures around the house, Maybe tuck them in a box and put them in a garage. Recognize the triggers. Yeah, exactly. When you have to, that's that's definitely true. Um, maybe take note of certain things that make you think about him. So, like I yes. said, if it's pictures around the house, if it's a pet, if it's a, a rearrange your room, you know what I mean. Or maybe if if you got a playlist that y'all loved or y'all had a favorite song together, maybe take that song off your playlist. Yeah, you know, it sucks. And, yeah, and and that I think those type of things. And that, and I'm speaking from experience, like just muting certain people on fa- or on Instagram, or yeah, you know, um, you know, deleting certain people off of of, of Facebook or something like that. All yeah, these things, like it, you, when you you don't have these constant reminders of something you don't want to think about, and then what happens is. Three months from now, when you do see those people on your timeline, it you don't have that yes. same feeling. It's just like, oh, okay, I, this is cool, and then you just keep scrolling. Exactly. I had to de- delete a girlfriend off of uh, Facebook. Yeah, and she was like pissed. Uh huh. Like, and I don't know why. Like, we weren't together anymore. But yeah, the thing. Why was, aren't you looking at my pictures yeah, anymore? <laughs> yeah. Why are you looking at me trying to live my best life? You know, yeah. Even exactly. Though I, even though I left you. But, yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. So I had to delete her based on the fact that, you know, I needed to live my life. And I felt like constantly looking or seeing what she was doing was counterproductive to me. I'm the type of guy that if I take relationships serious. So if if it doesn't work out or whatever happens, like I need time to myself. I don't need I don't need to keep seeing you and all of that. Mm -hmm. So it, it helped me completely not see what she was doing. And by the time I finally seen uh, her in any capacity, I had already done so much healing that I was okay. I was able to approach it easier based on the fact that I've dealt with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think it's in my, in no way, shape or form. Am I trying to give advice on how to deal with someone that you love that passed on? I don't have that type of experience. I'm not even speaking from experience. Not at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I'm just speaking in regards to, I won't even say relatable experiences, but my own personal ones. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you, you're gonna. It's it's certain things. It's certain songs that I can listen to now that will trigger a response from when I was in college. Like maybe yeah. maybe it was a girl I liked a lot, or maybe it was when I was partying and I remember this song playing a lot. And that's just a very mild or small form of it. But certain things can trigger, yeah, anything. But if it's a massive event, like it's what it magnified, it's magnified yeah. times twenty. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I hope that that helps because, like I said, we, we're not we're not trying to necessarily give you advice, but also but more so trying to, like, relate them to um, situations in our life and how, you know, we are not even like, you know, speaking to therapy about or speaking to a therapist about these certain things, but just mm-hmm. kind of living life. Yeah. And um, what, what one thing I will say is about about therapy um, is that. Therapy works for you if you're doing the work. 
Right. So there's a lot of people that see therapists um, and they they will say something like in it like it doesn't work for me or this therapist doesn't know what they're talking about or whatever the case may be. But what I will say about um, about therapists is that you have to meet them in the middle. So a lot of people will sit there and they'll listen to the therapist and whatever, but, or they'll vent to the therapist about what's going on in their life. But when they, when they leave that session or when they, when they leave the, the, the meeting with that therapist, they go on and they don't practice the things that, you know, they were talking about in those meetings. And then that makes you feel like it's not working. Right. You know, so I will say that. Yeah, that's true, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it definitely was heavy. Very, very heavy uh, question. But I mean, look, man, we're not afraid to answer these questions. Yeah. Um, I just hope that you can find some level of uh, peace. And I'm sure you've probably have found that. But this, I mean, something that traumatic is definitely hard to get over. Yeah. You know, you, you imagine what, you know, what's going on with a Vanessa Bryant or a Lauren London, mm-hmm. you know, or some women that I know personally that um, have had a relatable sp- experience. And it's unfortunate because it's from a man that actually respected you. It's a lot of dudes I hear that suck. They suck. They don't know how to respect women. They cheating on them. They chasing every pussy. They walk down the street. And you actually have a great example of someone and they get taken away. It's pretty disheartening. Yeah, I think. Um, and then even along with that, there's not really any examples out there that of, of people that have been through comparable situations. Yeah, like we don't. Who knows what, you know, Vanessa Bryan or Lauren London is doing in their personal life. But we don't really have an example of, you know, these people uh moving on with their lives. hundred percent. So, you know, that it would it would be it would be great if there was like a group of women that got together, a group of men even that yeah. been through the same situation like and they talked about it, you know. So mm. that would be that would be dope. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um well we're about to wrap this podcast up. Uh we'd like to thank everyone who stayed to the very end. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Truckers Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fing. We're out of here. Peace.